Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome back. It's Kimberly Snyder. I am the host of Overflow, the podcast. I'm having a lot of fun recording these podcasts just for you, with you in mind, and I know the pandemic, the global pandemic still continues. I'm hoping that this podcast, this episode of The Overflow inspires you to be a great leader, to think about your employees, to think about them loving coming to work and how we can make that happen. I'm so excited to introduce Etienne and Thomas from The Engagement Collective. They are two inspiring people working together to support businesses, to support leaders and teams, be engaged at work, I would say happy in their life. And when people are happy and loving their work, I think we're all more productive, more engaged, and what I would call living in their overflow. Etienne, formerly a recruiter and also a coach, has been working with private clients and also businesses. Thomas is a college professor who has been teaching business for over 20 years. He's also doing a lot of his own research on positive psychology and strengths-based approaches. They are two interesting people who are looking to support businesses, leaders, and teams with, I would say, purpose, meaning, and happiness. And you are welcome to join our conversation where we talk about recruiting, we talk about strategy, we talk about the ecosystem of a business and opening up, allowing our employees to open up about the things they love to do at work and outside of work and what really lights them up, essentially so they can become more engaged at work, happier at at what they are doing and happier at the mission we're on as a business. The Engagement Collective, Etienne and Thomas. I'm really excited for you to be here. It's worth a conversation about engaging teams, taking productivity to the next level, and getting to know our team and what lights them up, and how about even supporting them in what lights them up, and can we see the direct connection, the direct level up here at work. Once they have been challenged, encouraged, motivated, inspired to do what they love, where their talents and strengths and inspiration lie, and see how they can inspire others to do the same. And it will spill over into our people and culture, our human resources, and I would say our engagement. So welcome back to the Overflow Podcast with Kimberly Snyder. Welcome to this week's episode with the Engagement Collective. I'd love to hear your feedback and comments. Please leave those in the, you can leave your comments and feedback in the Apple reviews, rates and reviews. And you can also leave me a note in Instagram at overflow underscore podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Let's hear your feedback, your ideas. If you have guest recommendations, bring it on. All right. Thanks for joining us. Here we go. Welcome to Overflow, the podcast. Are you filling everyone's cup meanwhile your energy and inspiration is drained? I believe when you move from overdrive to overflow, you have a supply of energy for people around you and all the demands of life so that you can tackle them with ease. 
Overflow is an experience of being in the zone with all your attention, so much so you momentarily forget everything else. This show is your weekly guide. Let's build a plan for making time for pure enjoyment or being fully absorbed in the complexity of your work or studies because this ambition will fill you up because you're not here to be average, you're here to be awesome. I'm Kimberly Snyder, motivational speaker, student of positive psychology, advocate and champion of people. I'm your cheerleader and your biggest fan. So fill up your cup, savor the moment as we chat and nourish the mind, body and soul so we can respond to life's challenges and find your overflow. I'm thrilled. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm really excited today to be talking to Etienne and Thomas of the Engagement Collective. And I really want to know more about the Engagement Collective. And I want to know what tips and advice you have, because I know that leaders are thinking about engaging their team, both at home and at work during the pandemic. I think the pandemic is quite heavy on people. So keeping our team engaged and having those open conversations, as well as being productive, because we are running businesses. Uh, We do have goals and objectives. And so thinking about how we keep our teams engaged, our objectives, our productivity, um, and having, having those leadership conversations. So first of all, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here, Kimberly. I'm excited to have you. Thank you, Kimberly. Nice to be here. Tell me a little bit about the Engagement Collective. Tell me a little bit about how it started. This is a fascinating story. Yeah. So, so I've been um, I've been working as a recruiter, um, and then that sort of morphed into being a career strategy consultant for a number of years. And in November of 2019, um, after having worked with many, many clients who came to me saying that they were not happy where they were working. Um, and it might be like 25 years at a, you know, at a fantastic global firm. And they would find me and they are like, and they would say, I'm, I'm just not happy. I don't know what it is. I'm not fulfilled. I, I want, I want something different, but I don't know what we would, uh, we would work together and I would help them sort of um, figure out, you know, get their heads on straight with where they've been, how they got to where they are now, and some ideas for what they might want to do in the future. And very often, um, it resulted in them wanting to stay at their companies and simply exercise their own agency that they'd kind of forgotten that they had, um, or hadn't recognized that they had, and, um, and start to create um, the, you know, the career and the life, the work life that they wanted. And it happened time and time and time again. And I thought, what an amazing opportunity it would be if I were to be able to help um, more than one person at a time. And so I, I thought of like, flipping that idea and, and making it a business to business model. So just business speak. Now I yes. was like business to consumer yeah. for all intents and purposes. And I was thinking, what would a business to business model look like where I could, I could create, I could have in the ear of leadership um, of a company and help them to create the ecosystem um, that would be the perfect, you know, uh, the perfect uh, ecosystem in order to, provide that kind of opportunity to everybody in a company. So I have to work with one person at a time. I could work with hundreds of people at a time, thousands of people at a time. 
and the idea of um of you know infusing joy happiness and fulfillment to many many people at once by by having some control over the ecosystem as well as working one on one with them you know the way that i normally do it was it was just it was very compelling um for me so it was november of 2019 that i that i conceived of this idea i started researching it the pandemic happened which gave me a lot of time to research it. And uh, along the way, um, after having created sort of the, the framework and the methodology, I sought out Tom and, uh, and connected with him to really flesh out the curriculum aspect of what it is that we do. And also and, and ended up with so much more. Um, so what, what started as a, as a contract job um, turned into Tom and I just, loving working with each other and beautiful i offered beginning in the genesis of, of the engagement collective yeah thank you atn so i come from the the world actually of many different things but private sector public sector and and um most recently the the higher education world so i spent the last 20 years as a college professor teaching business um, a lot of my early work was done in economics and then later um work in the areas of positive psychology and health psychology. So it's a melding of both the business side and of the positive psychology world. So, so for many years, working with um, students within the business school, students within the college setting, as well as with uh, private sector clients, it, it really dawned on me that there's just so much out there that people really do not understand or really don't comprehend fully their strengths. And it's just amazing once you tap into and kind of decipher that code of what is, you know, what are your strengths that you're naturally drawn to, um, that once you can, you can decipher that code, then it's just the world of opportunity for people and just opening, helping folks to open their eyes to what strengths they have. And certainly in a lot of our education systems, focused on you know what you're not good at okay whatever your areas that you're having a difficulty with then you got to bring that up to you know you got to be good at that right understand you need to be competent at some of the on those as weaknesses focus on on the strengths to accentuate those to overpower those those areas of so many people out there who love to do the things that you may not be so inclined to want to do so I think that's the that's the real opportunity is ATN and I working together to help um, help folks realize you don't have to be you know a master at everything in the world. Focus on what your strengths are, and there are other folks who can work on who complement those strengths. So that's kind of what's really jazzed me. And then working in the world of positive psychology and positive change, it's really interesting. And you may see it, Kimberly, in your world of how many businesses and how many organizations focus on what's not going right and try to fix that flip it to focus on what is you know what do we have as as greatness in the organization and really build upon that so that's that's i think what fuels both atn and i in working with working with folks i think it's so great you're here on the podcast inspiring us and causing us challenging maybe our thinking so I think one, Etienne, like I wonder if, yes, but through the recruiting, listening to people's 
unhappy stories or situations. Now that you're working with the businesses, you have that insight based on all those people that you you've been speaking to. And I love Thomas, you're speaking my language when you talk strengths, because I would say I, I, I love self-assessments. The one I appreciate most in business and I encourage leaders to use is the Gallup strengths finder, which I know is Mm -hmm. um, part of your, your assessment and your view, but what a concept, right? Maybe if we leveraged each other's strengths, what a concept rather than try and fill in our weaknesses and those gaps. What if we all just focused on our strengths? Imagine where the team, imagine yeah. where the team could go. Imagine. Exactly. I mean, I remember being a, being a young, you know, uh, late teen, early twenties um, back in the eighties. Uh, and I was working in Boston in big hotels. And I remember going through the, you know, evaluation process, you know, the annual evaluation. And it was like a, I remember it being like an eight page document and, you know, like one through five and rate yourself and your manager would rate you and anything that was three or below, you'd have to come up with like a, a remediation plan, you know, to lift that up. And even then as like a 19 year old, I thought this is stupid. Like this is just ridiculous because because it, it focused all everybody's attention and energy on what you were okay at, but it didn't celebrate what you were exceptional at. Um, and um, and my my best managers um, modeled the the uh, the the appreciation for the the vision of of strengths. Um, and um, and you know where, where I excelled in my career. Um, uh, before I worked for myself was when um, when I had managers who would appreciate what my strengths were and would literally create jobs that took advantage of my strengths. Like I I I very rarely went into a linear job that was open for a promotion. I had some really great managers because not all people have that opportunity. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy I did because I, it was really the groundwork for ultimately. What and I, I, like, I like what you said, Etienne, about the managers and leaders. And when leaders mm-hmm. understand, you know, why is it so hard to get my employees to kind of do what's supposed to be done? Well, when, un, when managers and leaders understand that, my gosh, if you can tap into their strengths, you know, folks will just love to do the work that they're really, you know, really given to, to do and excited to do it, energized to do. And knowing that, hey, if there's areas that are not in, you know, their wheelhouse, there's plenty of other people. So I have a funny, yeah. quick corollary, funny story. And I realized this about, about sharing strengths. Um, one of my buddies that I worked with is coming from, came from an engineering background. And we were talking about future of, of planning and stuff. He said, God, please don't ever ask me to brainstorm. I hate that creative brainstorm crap. <laughs> if you want to give me something that is really like not fleshed out yet, and you want me to create greatness out of an idea, give me that. But don't ask me to come up with the, you know, the creative idea. And I'm like, well, that's me. I love the right. brainstorm creative <laughs> stuff. I don't like to have to think about now to put it into a process. I can give it to you to do that. So it was the funniest thing. He said, just, just don't ask me to do any of that brainstorming stuff. I, I, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Good, good, good insight. I would say I'm an I'm uh in my Gallup Strengths Finder, they would call me an activator. So I like mm-hmm. to activate, I like to start things. 
I, just like our strengths can become a weakness if we use them too much because I start so many things, I need someone who has other strengths that are analytical, who are thoughtful about the process because I will be there saying, yeah, let's start that. And yes to that too. And let's start, let's start that next thing. And so knowing that, okay, that's my strength. And so I'm going to see the positive in it. I'm going to, you know, cheer the team on and get everybody riled up, but there also has to be other people on the team that says, okay, let's think that through. What's the cost? What's the right Ex- what execution, the- execution, right? Yeah. So would you say ten? would you say, um, cause I'm wondering if listeners would be thinking, well, what self-assessment would you say is the best or most useful for leaders oh, we, and your teams? We, we definitely have an opinion on that. And, um, and it's, it, I, think, I think your listeners are going to be really happy to hear how Tom and I have, have come to this. Um, so Tom is, uh, Tom is certified in many assessment tools. Um, so I'll, I'll have him talk more, more about this on the, on the back end. But what I'll say is that our favorite assessment for our company is Strength Scope, very similar to Strengths Finder, except that it has an additional overlay of energy. So not only do you know what your strengths are, you know whether it is a strength that adds to your energy or takes away from your energy, um, which is a very interesting component. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it basically, it optimizes flow. So those of us who have been lucky enough to, and I think everybody at one time or another has experienced flow in their life when you're just heads down in your, you know, in your element, doing your work, and it doesn't matter how much time is passing or what's going around, going on around you you're just loving it that's flow and that's what strengths scope um identifies but what's awesome about our program um is that we one of our technology partners is cloverleaf and cloverleaf is an aggregator of 10 of the most popular um and um and robust um assessment tools for people and teams in you know in the world uh, recognized you know globally and, um, and so they will take, like, they will take your strengths finder, Kimberly, and they'll take, you know, they'll, if you've done Enneagram or DISC or any of the other, you know, any of the other major ones, yes. and, and you can just plug, plug those and plug those, um, those assessments in, you don't have to retake them, you have the opportunity to retake them if you want, but you can plug in existing ones. When you work with, with the engagement collective, we will be running you through the full strength scope assessment and doing a full debrief with you on that. You'll have access to the entire Cloverleaf platform and that will help inform your work with coworkers and uh, your construction of teams, et cetera. I'll have Tom talk more about that, but we're very excited about our partnership with Cloverleaf. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Etienne. Um, and I have used, as Etienne alluded to, that I've, I'm certified in a number of strength-based and personality assessments, Myers-Briggs, emotional intelligence, um, strength, strength scope, strength finder. And I love strength finder. I mean, I used it for many years at Champlain college, um, where I, where I worked for so many years. Um, and it will give your top five strengths where I saw a gap that, um, that, that I found is that there are strengths that we have that we might look at them and say, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm good at that. I, 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 I think so. Um, with strengths scope, what it does is it couples your intrinsic motivation with your strengths. So similar types of strengths of 24 different um, possibilities of strengths. Now you have to understand, this is really vital. It's not competency-based. 
if you look at all the strengths, like in Strengths Finder, you're you're competent at doing all of them. It's just there are some that drain you more than others. So if I have to focus 24-7 on being detail-oriented and um, processes, I can do it. It just will, will certainly drain me. And I know that there are other folks, ATN, who thrive in this area. So that's the, that's the nexus of motivation and strengths. And you understand that's where, um, you know, as ATN said, that puts you into that flow state. And you mentioned something earlier, Kimberly, where if you get too, if you go focus too much in those strengths, you go into what's called overdrive. And so an example of me in overdrive is I'm being very, very creative and I'm going off the wall, going so creative, going so crazy about some strategic planning and some ideas that I start to lose people. And I can sense, okay, Tom, dial it back, you know, and what are the other strengths that I have that I can help to balance that? So that is, that's what I think has, has painted a very clear and I think a very, it, it, you feel, I mean, that's the thing I think with all the students that I work with in, uh, in other companies with strength scope, you feel it. You feel, yes, this is when I'm using my strengths. I got it. Yeah. And, and the, the wonderful thing that I kept getting questions about is like, how does strength scope relate to Myers-Briggs? How does it relate to DISC? How does it relate to Enneagram or VIA or Strengths Finder? That's the question I kept getting. And that's what, what ATM was just mentioning about Cloverleaf. It's just, it puts it all in one platform. I can say, oh my gosh, here's me as my, my individual, myself, and here I am in the team. And this is how we interplay. And here are all of our strengths and here maybe are some gaps, but it gives you a wide picture of who you are and who your team is. And actually it can be a whole enterprise. How do the teams react when they see their individual assessments? compared to the others? They, it's interesting because it, it's inc- the, the depiction and the illustration is so clear. Mm-hmm. And when you aggregate, it's a, you know, your listeners can't see, but that's an example of my strength scope wheel. And you can create that for a whole team. You might see some shorter areas like, okay, here's our team. We really are um, maybe shorter in our team of, persuaders. Maybe that's, that's maybe whom we should be looking for in the future is someone who could be that real, you know, he or she can go out and be that salesperson and, and, and make things happen. That might be an area that sheds some light into where you might add and complement your team. Well, there's a dashboard so you can use it like proactively by going into it and viewing and seeing who you're meeting with or, you know, what your team looks like. You can use it to create a team or you can use it to evaluate gaps in your team or evaluate strengths in your team. There's also uh, using Cloverleaf, uh, there's an integration with um, your calendar and email systems. So for instance, um, because Tom and I both have uh, Cloverleaf profiles, our calendar will see, you know, Cloverleaf will see when our calendars have us interacting on, on any given day. And so we have like a, a Tuesday morning meeting, no matter what else is going on in the week, Tom and I are always meeting on Tuesday morning. So every Tuesday morning, I get a, I get an email from Cloverleaf saying, 
oh, you're meeting with Tom today. Remember, Tom is motivated by X, Y, Z, and um, and it might even be something about me. It might be like, I, um, I know that you tend to do this, so you might want to keep that in mind when you're talking to Tom because he takes information best in this in this way, and he'll be getting the same information, presumably, about me, you know, in the reverse. So um, it's just, it's a great... You know, one of the complaints I hear about these um, a bit about these assessments from people is that you know it, it's it's great for you know internal knowledge and you know in, in growth and understanding, but what do I do with it? How how does it how does it apply to my day? Um, and how how can I how can I make it work for me? And Clover, that's exactly what Cloverleaf is designed. They've designed a very very useful application that can be used proactively or passively and and it and it just provides value every single day feel that they're a partner of ours i would just imagine just as you said thinking about what our team looks like or what are, what we need on our team and so yeah. so often leaders think okay we need to hire someone we need to hire someone with these skills to fill this gap and so I wonder if they thought about if there is a dial or a wheel, a presentation of who we are on our team, I wonder if leaders would consider, well, let's take a look at what we have on our team and what gaps of strengths, the vibe, motivation, where people enjoy being in that flow state, who, who's missing on our team? And so then when we're interviewing, certainly we want the skill um, you know, if it's going to be engineers or fi financial, we definitely want the skill, but we also are looking for someone to fill that gap, that strength on our team. So I can imagine using that even in, in recruiting. And I love the idea of even evaluating because then I'm, I'm taking it back to the engagement collective. Someone would be engaged. Certainly I, if I just think of myself, when I'm doing what I feel I do best, what I rock at, what I enjoy, what I'm thriving in, like when I get lost in time, gosh, those are the jobs I love. Those are the jobs I love, the people I love, the leaders I love, the people I love working with. Exactly. And what, we, what we've done is we've, we're, we're kind of using this um, in our company in two different ways. Um, the first way is as a as a way for the leadership to understand um, how how this can work and, and um, they can actually like live it. So we will we will go into a company and work with leadership on strength scope, you know, with the cloverleaf kind of overlay so that they have an opportunity to experience it for themselves. But then, you know, once we are fully engaged with that company and, and we've got, you know, a contract for the entire for all of our modules, we've got six core modules and an appreciative inquiry summit that's basically the core of, of what our framework, you know, what we deliver in our framework. And that, uh, that strength scope, you know, introspective piece is a component of, of one of our core modules, which is what we call an entrepreneurial profile. And, um, and it's a very, very crucial part of that. Um, and for exactly what you said, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, how many of us are given the opportunity to self-reflect, let alone have guided self-reflection with a coach, you know, somebody that can actually like help you sort of navigate that. Like, so what are the thoughts that you're having? What do you do with those thoughts? Where do you go from here? And how could you love your job more? Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and if you don't love your job, let's figure out why. Is it something that, that you can do that, you know, that, that, that small tweaks in order well, that's to it. make it exactly perfect for you? Or, you know, or do we need to look at, you know, something else? And yes. um, there's all yes. sorts of possibilities from there. People taking ownership of their, of their own careers is a very exciting proposition for me. It's one of my, one of my core values is helping people to do that. I think one of the guided discussions that we we have and again i don't like to harbor it all on the negativity piece but i will ask folks okay picture what would be a definition of health for you <laughs> to working in hell what would that be so if is that working alone in a cubicle without any interaction and using spreadsheets you know 20 you know eight day eight hours a day um with what would that so basically envision what you would not want to have for a work setting and then you know again what is it that would be like the ideal vision for you in your work setting and it's what's sad is atn and i you know come across so many companies and so many um employees that's what they live in they live in it's because it's paying the bills it's what you started to do in your career and you're kind of stuck in that area well there are certain constraints certainly um you have to pay you have to pay the bills but how can you tweak your, your job to make it really capitalize on your strengths and find others who maybe do those things that you're not so excited about? There's ways of, of, of cooperating here. But you know, when, if you can think about a way that what would be the, you know, the worst job in the world for you, that, that's a way to kind of start and, and kind of look at the antithesis of that. Right. Well, and I and, love and, that word. I love that word. I was just going to say um, cooperating because there is the leader. We need someone uh, driving the bus, leading the way, showing us the vision, you know, setting the objectives. There has to be the leader. But why can't we all cooperate? I think traditionally, historically, it is kind of hierarchical. And this gives me the impression that why don't we all leverage our own strengths where we're at? what we can, you know, provide. And that, so that word cooperating really, uh, really resonates. Yeah. And it, there's two sides of the coin for benefits of this, right? So mm -hmm. there's a side that is a real motivator for, for me personally, which is to help people. And I, I believe for Tom as well is to, to help people live happy, fulfilled lives. Right. I mean, that's, that's a, that's, that's one of the things that I love to do with my life. It's what I've dedicated my life to. Um, but in addition to that, sorry, my, my in addition to that, there's, there's real, you know, there's real money behind this. I mean, there are, there are actual key performance indicators um, that all businesses, you know, uh, measure against. Um, uh, and there's about 12 of them that are directly affected by employee engagement. And, um, and if, you know, like what I did when I was recruiting was I always, my focus when I was recruiting and when I, I still do a few recruiting assignments a year, when I recruit, I focus on the candidate. Um, I focus on how is this going to, is this move, is this, is this career change going to be, or job change going to make my candidate ecstatically happy? And if it is, then I know by extension, it will make my client happy, right? And the client is the, you know, the company paying me. I have the same kind of a feeling for the engagement collective, like the, the genesis, the, the birth of this company came from the idea of wanting people to be happy, wanting to make people happy and feel fulfilled and own their power 
at the end of the day, the, the client is the company who's going to be you know, paying for our services, but they get a lot out of this too. Um, we, we had a meeting the other day with a, a very, very dear friend of ours who's, who's an expert in business, business ethics. And even before he found out what I was doing, he just happened to ha- be on a, say this to me in a conversation the other day. He's like, you know, I think employee engagement is the moral imperative of company, of, of an employer. And I was like, we got to talk because I need to tell you what's going on in my life with, because he didn't even know what I was, what I was doing. And when Tom and he and I sat down for lunch and he was, he was talking about how the um, human resource and the human side and the resource side yeah, and focusing so on, sorry. yeah, so it's, it's so often it's kind of a, it's, you know, a paradox, but talk about human yes. resource and humans as a resource, as a cog in the, you know, in the gear of the, of the of progression. So he said so much is, co- you know, is always focused on that resource side as you looking at human beings being part of production when you really, what ATN and I focus on is that human side and you're looking at the, the whole person. And I think what jazzes us too is that we are looking at the entire individual, that professional at the work in the workplace, as well as the personal um, human being that leaves at the end of the day and goes home. I mean, how do they interact? So we can provide insight and and as ATN mentioned about self and personal reflection that helps that whole that whole person be a you know really address the the entire individual not just the work individual so our our friend was talking about really focusing on you know that's where companies are are sometimes remiss and not focusing on that personal side or that human side of human resources and i think paradox is the right word and that's that's where i lost my train of thought so if you think of like um you know a company is worried about like losing money um spending spending money things like that 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 can all relate to those key performance indicators that are connected to employee engagement. And, and they, they, they are focusing on that. Whereas if they shift their focus to the human side and they start working on the things that, that Tom and I are going to be helping them focus on, right. Um, through our framework and our, in our, our, our core, you know, offerings by extension that solves the, the money side. So it's, 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 it's brilliant. Great- it's so simple. Yeah. It's brilliant. Right. What a concept. And really, yeah, as we approach 2022, I mean, shame, shame on companies and leaders if they're not thinking about the human side of human yeah. resources. So yes, yeah. Um, yeah, they're resources, but thinking about how we can see the human, like I, I often say, you know, like, welcome to my living room. Like, you know, in 2021, this is, this is the human me, right? With, with the puppy yeah. and the, and the... Uh, right on cue and, then, and the teenagers in the background, right? If we as leaders can't focus on our teams and them as individuals and honor who they are, what their vibe is, where they find their um, flow, what their strengths are, like time, like it is time for leaders. So would you, could you give us just a, an overview? Would you actually work with companies and give them, like you referred to six core modules, would you give them like a package these are the things mm-hmm. we're going to take you through, which sounds like individual work as well as a solution or a way of thinking yeah. for the company. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's six core modules and an, and a uh, appreciative inquiry, a, a TEC style appreciative inquiry summit. Um, the six core modules include uh, the, the entrepreneurial profile. We've talked a little bit about that, and that's where you get that 
that one-on-one -on -one time um, and a lot of, a lot of guided introspection and a lot of the work that you do with that starts to inform you taking advantage of other programming that will be put in place company-wide, which will include like custom workshopping. Um, it'll include, there's a reach and a spark program that are very, very powerful and allow people to uh, express themselves and explore, explore parts of themselves that aren't, aren't really core to their job, their actual you know, job today. Yeah, this, um, yeah, this is a couple of really exciting. So can you elaborate? Because this is what really jazzes me too, starting yeah. with, you know, the individual inside out, but the, 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 the reach and spark are two, I think, really, really exciting things. So if you can explain those in detail or a little more detail, yeah. anyway, that'd be awesome. Yeah, no, Thank absolutely. You. I'll, I'll, I'll go into a little bit of detail. And, and Tom's right. And when we talk to clients about this, it's, it's, these are, these are two of the programs that are like, oh my God, that's why I want to do this that. Is what yeah, it, it really gets people jazzed up. So the REACH program is, is a program where an employee can uh, express an interest or have access to opportunities that are above them in the sort of, of, a, of a traditional ladder. Um, uh, so for instance, a um, a sales coordinator might want an opportunity to, to have, uh, have a pitch opportunity on, on a sales team, let's say. So it's something that's not part of her job, her, his job, but it's something that she wants to, she or he wants to reach for. So, so they're given that opportunity to do it, or it could be intra-departmental. So it'd be a cross-departmental. An example that I've used in the past was a, um, a customer success person who had taken some AutoCAD courses in college, but never used them for anything. They just happened to have taken some and, and liked it, but didn't pursue you know, any jobs that, that used it, but was working for a renewable energy company where there was a team of, of engineers who were using AutoCAD to, to develop um, solar solutions for homes. And um, that person in customer service, customer success expressed an interest in maybe playing on a, on one of the projects. And, um, and they were invited into doing that. And, um, and that gave that person an opportunity to, to decide like, do I want to test drive? Yeah. So they had the opportunity to maybe take a couple of courses and then transition into that department. And they became like a junior engineer in that department. So you never, you never know um, where, where that's going to go and reach programs can be very, very exciting. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to lead to a different job or, a, or, or anything. It just, it, it gives people room to kind of breathe and spread their wings, you know, and, um, and it just makes people happy. And, and it get, they get to explore things that aren't necessarily part of the core piece of what they do. And, and imagine then, the engagement, Etienne, right? Imagine. Yes. So now she's like, she's had the chance to do the AutoCAD or like you were saying, she, she makes a, she or he makes a, a pitch. pitch. Yep. And so that either like sets them off thinking, wow, this is something I could do. What do I, what else do I need to learn? And they're yep. so much more appreciative rather than, oh, I would like to move in my career. I would like to explore other opportunities, right. but no, that's not your job. Your job exactly. is to stay, stay you know, in your lane, stay in your stay lane. In your lane. That's outside. right. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and isn't it, that an old way of thinking? That's what's so exciting to me about the engagement collective, because part of the onboarding of the company is going to be creating that ecosystem so that everybody understands that this is normal. This is not an unusual thing. Like 
like bosses and, and managers and leaders are going to say they're going to be looking for opportunity. And then the, the spark program is similar, except if you think of the reach program as being like inside the company envelope, the spark program is external to that. So an example I like to use is say that you've got, this is a great example for a lot of reasons. Say oh, that you've no, got it, I can hear all the rumbling <laughs> saying, no, thank you. They're not going to send their employees out. No, no, no. It's great. You just lost all the listeners. Say you've got an employee who's interested in singing. They want to take singing lessons. They never had, they, they never really, you know, thought much about it, but, but really in their heart of hearts, they'd love to take singing lessons. They're like an engineer or something. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything at all. Their role. Right. So the company, you know, part of the onboarding will be the company will either dedicate a, a number of dollars or a number of hours or in some way support people's wanting to do something in a Spark program. That'll be set up in advance and it'll be unique to each company, whatever, whatever you know, they, they come up with that they want to do budgetary wise or time wise or what have you. So now you've got an employee who's taking singing lessons. So say, say they're an engineer, like you said, um, Kimberly, great example. An engineer wants to take singing lessons. So they take the singing lessons. Maybe all that happens is that they're now a little bit happier because they've been able to explore something that they haven't been able to explore before and their company has supported them. And so they have a kind of a goodwill feeling towards their company. And that's the only, that's all that happens. Well, that's a good result, but it can go beyond that. Maybe they have been, uh, maybe one of the reasons they've never um, been in a leadership role on that team, on the engineer team is because they had, they were nervous and through singing lessons, they learned to control their breath. And so they, they've been able to kind of um, address something that they didn't even realize was holding them back. And now they're a little less nervous. That would be like an incremental benefit to their position. A win-win for sure. Yeah. And then, and then take it to the nth degree Say that they've, um, you know, now they've, they enjoy like being in, um, in a team, in, in a, uh, a leadership role. They enjoy being on stage, having eyes focused on them. Now they can maybe add to their team in some way that either is existing in their current team structure, or maybe it's something that could be added to it. Maybe, maybe now that, and because they have that talent or that, that skill that they've, that they've newly developed and have been uh, practicing, maybe they can now help in the sales department by being the bridge of, you know, engineering to sales. I mean, and, and that could have like enormous, you know, benefits to the company. Good for so you. It's, it's absolutely fascinating when you start really deep digging into what the possibilities are with just these tiny little changes. It's astronomical, the changes that it can make to a company. Well, and I wonder how many leaders have the courage to have that conversation about what are you interested in when he or she is a profession that's got nothing to do with what they would really love to be doing, like singing. Mm -hmm. or, and so but I think, you, that, I think you, Kimberly, I think you hit the nail on the head is that you know that leadership knows this, right? They know how do you engage your employees? How do you get them excited about work? But they oftentimes leaders don't know where to start. Where is that first step? So this is an avenue where they can begin, like we can create a framework for them. And certainly as ATN alluded to too, too it's, it's not, it might not be money. It might, you know, financial resource. It may be some time, but it's, where do leaders start? And certainly in today's age, you know, coming hopefully out of a pandemic soon, that it's, it's 
putting a heck of a lot of pressure on, again, we all experience the home life and the work life that's melded together and the pressures and the uncertainty in the world. You know, leaders know that and leaders want to retain their employees. How are they going to do it? And so here is a framework that that they can buy in with and at least have this, you know, these steps go forward as opposed to a leader saying, well, how do I, you know, cobble this together individually? Here's a package that that they right. can start with. Right. And, they, and, I, and I think leaders are going to have buy in with this. They, you know, they see the human side and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to spend money on that. That's just a waste of time, waste of money for employees. They're you know, going to leave anyway. Well, you, you have to start somewhere and here's the pathway forward. Right. Right. Well, and it's like your website says that my favorite part of your website is engaging employees, empowering enterprises. Mm-hmm. That it that just speaks volumes to me. The people want to be engaged, as you were saying earlier, as humans, as individuals, for the strengths that they bring to the table. And everyone is so unique. There could be so many similar jobs, and yet each individual person brings his or her own strengths and talents to the table and and what they what gets them in the flow and what you know where they demonstrate their their mastery and imagine if we could empower the enterprise if we could get that organi- organization organized challenge some of the leadership thinking maybe some traditional thinking yep. challenge some of that and there's something about this concept, like I feel you like raising up leaders, like raising them up, maybe raising up their gaze from they've been so focused on what they're doing, raising them up to look around and notice their team, but also kind of challenging them to like stand up as a leader and engage their team, empower them, like ask what they would love to do if that's singing lessons or, you know, try a different job inside or outside the company. Like, I think it's, subtle as like raising them up in their role but I think there's another like level that you're you're challenging leaders to really raise up and that that actually leads into the the final two modules um of our programming which is um the ally and the values so um in the ally program um it's it's designed for um, uh, like a, a more of a mentor relationship, you know, high, low, like high level, you know, high level, not high level um, yes. uh, mentor, but also um, leaders can leaders can be partners with other leaders um, to so that they so that there's a partner in in caring about like what what are you doing in your career? What are what are some challenges you're having? And um, and having there being somebody in the company that that cares about you know, about you, um, separate and apart from like a manager employee relationship. And then, um, and then finally the values recognition program, part of that preliminary work we do in the beginning is to, um, is to help people start to identify their own values. And then in the, in the values module, what we're doing is we're, we're connecting, we're helping people connect their own personal values with the corporate values so that they, they feel that they're in alignment and that they are, they're getting more than just, just a job. And with the exception of the entrepreneurial profile, people can kind of choose how deep into it they, they want to be. We're setting the table for them. We're creating the environment for everyone to be as engaged as they would like to be in, an, in a truly authentic way. 
this isn't just a throwing a, you know, throwing something at the wall and saying, this is the new shiny object because we know we have to deal with engagement. This is real stuff. And one of the things that Tom and I are very, very proud of is that we've designed this so that we can go, we can go in, help develop the framework within the company, help get every, help get all of the programs started, get everybody in and, and active with, with the programs to the degree that they want to be. And then when we leave, everything stays. The company gets to reap the benefit of this forever. We don't, we don't want to have to be there in order for this to work. We, we want this to be a knowledge sharing opportunity, not us coming in as consultants saying, you know, do this and you have to have us here to make this work. But after that, it's self-perpetuating. Isn't that the point, right? So just as you said, it's creating the environment. I love how you said authentic. That's truly honoring the humans that that work there. And yeah, if we are consulting, if we're in there consulting, uh, waving our fingers and putting up the posters, that's not what an engaged um, organization enterprise is. It's empowering. That's why I think that one page engaging employees, empowering enterprises is what is truly beautiful about the engagement collective. Yeah. Something else that makes this quite unique is that um, this has come up in conversation before we are, you know, we're top down. So we work with leadership, create the environment. So top down, but we're also bottom up. We work with every employee individual um, so that that there's a democratization of benefit, right? Most, most programs are working with either managed leaders or maybe managers when it comes to like, you know, workshopping and, you know, how to be a good manager and, um, and coaching and stuff. We believe in the democratization of benefits and, and everybody should reap the benefit of this. Like, and so we've got top down, bottom up, and then we've also got this inside out component, which is, we really want to help people, you know, figure out who they are, what they want and how, how they can best, you know, best live. Their overflow is what I would say. I would call it live in their overflow. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. You are both inspiring me and I hope our listeners are inspired to raise up, to think about productivity and increased revenue, maybe in a different light rather, um, and think also about maybe recruiting and building their team and even having as you were saying, authentic conversations with people, you know, to engage them and find out what is their overflow, what puts them in their flow state and honoring their strengths. I, I'm truly impressed. And where can people find you online? So we, yeah, we have um, a number of different avenues. In fact, we're working on some major social media stuff coming out shortly, but the engagement, so it's the-engagement-collective.com is our, our site. And you can certainly go there and connect with us. We're also in LinkedIn uh, under the Engagement Collective. We have a number of other, well, this podcast will be one wonderful opportunity for us to get, get word out, but we'll have more more coming soon. That's great. Um, and any information, if folks want to reach out to us directly, certainly we can we can send any kind of customizable information to out to them. Thank you. Absolutely. I will put the links in our in our show notes. And I like to end the podcast because I always wonder, like it has been quite a year, hasn't it? <laughs> and we're headed into you know 2022. How are you living in your overflow? How are you living your best life these days? 
I am enjoying trees and mountains, um, which is, which is my happy place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm focused. I'm very focused on work right now. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not doing a lot that um, that's kind of like nurturing me as a human being, except for the fact that um, this work is very, very important to me. And it does feel very much feel like a culmination of everything I've done um, has brought me to this point. And personally, I, I'm, I've always, um, I've had an issue with money, not that I haven't had enough of it or whatever, but I just, I, I'm like guilty when I make a lot of it. And like, it's just, it's a weird, a weird relationship to money over the course of my life. And, um, and I've been working on that very hard to change my mindset around money for the last like five years, I'd say I've been working on it. Good the for engagement you. Collective is one of the one of the results of, of that work. Um, this is the first thing I've done where I have, I have developed a company to scale. Like the purpose of this company is to scale. This is not a company that's supposed to stay small. This is a company that's supposed to get big. Think big. And that was not something I could have conceived of for myself five years ago. So that that's really how I'm living in my like overflow. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And Tom, and, I'm sure Tom has something to say about this too. I'm yes, sure. for sure, Thomas. <laughs> so yes, exactly. And, and, and it's a culmination of so much work and be able to pull everything together and really be, and I'm using this word again, but I can't overuse it, is no. you know, authentic, being yes. authentic and just really who I am. I know my strengths. I know where I kick butt. I know where maybe not so much, but I want to focus on where I'm kicking butt. Um, Coming out of the pandemic, I um, my last year in I, I created and taught a course called Purpose, Meaning, and Happiness. And if you can imagine te- teaching that course to first year students during the height of a global pandemic, is there an any time you could teach a course like that and prove that it is that's what it's about? And I think what I'm excited about is taking the tenets and taking those those areas of focus within what is you know, what is purpose, meaning, and happiness, and infusing that into, into work. It, 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 and the work that ATN that and I do, and what we want to impart to, you know, to oh, the global the community. But uh, it's, and it's not, that's the, that's the funny thing we realize, it's not rocket science. It's just <laughs> so, it's so elemental. And when you understand that, it's like, oh my God, but people oftentimes don't see you know, see this in light of a, you know, the grayness of a pandemic. Well, and, and I I would just say from working with leaders as an HR consultant, I would just say everything we have leaders have been so worried about so many things during the pandemic, their teams, their businesses, you know, as well as their own, their own well-being and their own families and their own things that they've got going on. They've got all that worried about and business. And they've also been worried about, you know, what to say? And is it the right thing to say? And yes, I I do see that you are at home and you have teenagers in the background or um, that you look like you're not feeling well or your camera's not on. And so I would just say, lead the way, Thomas and Etienne, like lead the way, challenge leaders to think differently, to to rise up and, and ask those questions with compassion, you know, human to human, as you said, like, yep. It's very well done. And, what about and the fun the interesting thing is that, you know, leaders are humans. Yeah. <laughs> leaders are well, humans too. And you think that they're not divorced from the from the organization. So 
you know, hey, you're, you're be part of the tribe as, the, as the, the leadership is also part of this whole this whole program. What about I always like to ask if you're listening to a podcast or a book or reading a book, anything, a book or podcast you'd recommend to us? So my favorite is right now, and uh, Tom, Tom uh, lent me his copy. It's Humor Seriously, Why Humor is a Secret Weapon in Business and Life. It's, uh, it, it, I just, I absolutely adore it. And it, um, I mean, it, it rings a bell for me in so many ways and, um, and just kind of codifies things that you, you, like if you're emotionally intelligent and you use humor anyway, uh, you know, in, in ways that you see that it has benefits in the workplace, it's, you know, it's, Ooh, it's okay. the choir a little, a little bit as I read it, but it codifies it in such a way that it, it really breaks it down, you know, so that you understand exactly why it's working. Um, it's, it's a really, really fun read. Humor, seriously. Yeah. It's, it's what we need in this world right yeah. now. Um, I would say for my podcast, I love, I'm a social scientist, so I love anything to do with um, psychology and the brain. And so hidden brain is one of my favorites. Oh, mine um, too. Dr. Vedantin, I oh, listen yes. to, yeah, it's always wonderful up. insight. Yep. And I would, I would recommend, highly recommend a book that I used actually for my class, Purpose, Meaning and Happiness. Um, but the, the book is written by an author who actually is from Montreal. Um, Emily S. Bahani Smith. And the title of the book is The Power of Meaning, um, see, Finding Fulfillment in a World Obsessed with Happiness. And what my students and what I've learned too is that when you focus on first and foremost happiness and like trying to live a hedonic life that is all about what's going to be self-serving for you to be happy, it, that's short-sighted. In reality, and this is what ATN and I have infused into our work as well, is that all humans want four things and as a, as a sense of meaning, belonging to a community, transcendence, a sense that you're, you're living in a big world. And there's, you know, mother nature or the universe is a heck of a lot bigger than you. And you have, you're awe inspired by that. Mm, you're awe sure. inspired by, by that transcendence storytelling and it's, the, it's exactly back to our strength-based stuff it's the stories you tell yourself are you going to undermine yourself your whole life are you going always going to come from a negative approach is this is why things are happening to me is because the world is conspiring against me and i'm never no 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 reframe that like how do you reframe that story that you tell yourself and you tell of others finally and this is a note sequential order, but it's just the four that I just, I just remembered off the top of my head mm -hmm. is purpose. Everyone has to have a sense of purpose, sure. something to do, something to, to how to help others. And I think my students figured out, well, if, if I just help someone who dropped their groceries in the grocery store, help them pick them up, I, the feeling that I get from that, of that purpose of helping other people um, just it, create, it creates an incredible byproduct of happiness. And that's, that's what Eleanor Roosevelt said is the, you know, this purpose and meaning happiness is the byproduct byproduct of having a, a purpose. I'm paraphrasing, but that's yes. basically happiness is the byproduct of purpose. It's and beautiful. we love, and we love to see that, that reflection of the folks we help and see, and, and see, see 
the light turn on within each individual to say, oh my gosh, I'm not realizing my potential. I'm going to use my strengths. And I, you know, I have these wonderful strengths that I'm not utilizing. So how do we bolster and kind of supercharge them? Is so our, Thomas, is our kind of you, you, you are a teacher, you have students, what advice would you have for a young person? If a young person came to you, a 21 year old, and you had advice, yeah, or if good, you could go back and whisper to yourself. If I could go back, I would say, and I, this is a mistake that I made, but I, I didn't, I did not focus on what I was, what my strengths were, because I said to myself, oh, that's just too easy. Things oh, come to me too easily. No, it's got to be, work has got to be hard. arduous, hard work. Difficult, yeah, I'm roll up my sleeves. Sweating and working hard and not enjoying it, then that's work. Work. It's like, now I've realized wow, focus on your strengths and work is easy. Everything comes easily. I would also say that I never reached out enough for advice. Mm-hmm. And as a professor, I, I could see it in my students wanting to talk to me, but not always feeling comfortable. And to know that those of us who are advisors, you know, we have an open, literally an open door policy and that you should always feel that you should reach out especially in this new younger generation, the Gen Zs are craving mentorship. So uh, as a young person, I did not reach out to my professors thinking, no, no, they're too busy prepping for class or doing research. I don't want to bother them. And in reality, they wanted to be bothered. I wanted to, I want to be bothered for students to reach out to me for advice. And I think that's the two things, understand your strengths and reach out to seek advice and seek a mentor. And maybe, maybe the leader is not yet comfortable having that conversation. So I challenge you to start it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What about you, Etienne? What would you say if you could go back? So something I've learned over the years is, um, is to listen to my body. Um, and I would have, I, I would have liked to have known that um, when I was 20, I was a, a big proponent of pros and cons lists. Uh, I've never, I've never made a pro and con list that I made the right decision out of. Um, so I think uh, a short, a shortcut to the actual true answer, uh, when you're struggling with a question is to, is to listen to your body to know what does it feel like to make a good decision, um, and have it work out well. And what does it feel like to make a bad decision, have it work out badly. And then when you're considering something upcoming, put yourself in that position and, and, and listen to your body, what, which way is it going? Is it like you, you feel? Yeah. Yeah. Are, like are, the are, are you feeling like it's the right way or the wrong yes. way? And then do, and then do that. Um, because that, that's actually how the universe speaks to us. That's the, the energy of the universe speaks to us all. And, um, and that is the way that the, the, the universe speaks to us. And, um, and we need to trust that. Oh, and then I echo what Tom said is seek out people who you're interested in talking to. Um, you can, you know, w- it's not, it's not 1970, you know, 1980 anymore. We, we have the ability to reach out to any, anybody, anywhere um, and, um, and, and ask for a 20 minute conversation to discuss whatever, whatever floats our boat. You know, they have the ability to say yes or no, um, but it doesn't stop you from being able to ask. And uh, nine times, 9.9 times out of 10, I bet you people will say yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for really inspiring us, but I would say like challenging us, like as individuals, as leaders, professionally, personally, as part of an organization and an enterprise, 
I feel like you are challenging us to think about the individual, the human part, and also we have we have so much that I often see we want to protect, protect, keep keep people like in line, keep them in their boxes. And I feel like you are saying, there's no box, find out what she loves, find out what, you know, puts him in his mastery and his most talented. And what a concept. They are enjoying their life. They love coming to work. And as you said, it could unfold. She actually is better at presentations now because you've boosted her confidence. So yeah, thank you. So thank you for challenging us, reminding us to treat each other as humans to see each other as humans. I look forward to us following up. I think we will follow up again in 2022 and have another inspiring conversation for leaders. So thanks for that being here. That would be here. awesome. That would be awesome, thank Kimberly. Thank you so much for having much. us. Yeah, thank you, Kimberly, for having us. And we look forward to speaking with you again, definitely in 2022. I hope this podcast feels like a guide in your ear, encouraging a shift in your mindset, boldly challenging you to stretch self-care goals and continue to strive and achieve big accomplishments in life because you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Overflow. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any comments, ideas, or feedback, you can find me on my website, peoplebrain.ca. Thanks so much for listening.